You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome to American Sex, the award-winning podcast dedicated to challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have in the U.S. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and ridiculous, sadistic kinksters. We're also non-monogamously married to each other. So strap in or strap one on. In this house, your pleasure is power. Your kink is customizable. And your subversive perversions are revolutionary. Welcome, my friends, to episode 192 of American Sex Podcast. I got to tell you, I love my sound effects, especially the clapping, because these days, shit is so fragile and uh, that it's a little thing. I just like, oh, it makes my day so much better. Uh, Anyway, uh, this episode, y'all, it is so good. There are so many goodies. Oh my, I don't even know where to begin. So, you know, the infamous BDSM test is the one that people have been taking for years. People put their results up on their FetLife profiles. They use it to self-assess when they first start pursuing BDSM. And they're like, oh my goodness, I'm kinky. Or they'll do it after they've been kinky for a while to see how much they've changed. If they feel like, oh, you know, I'm interested in new things. Maybe my preferences or my play styles have changed over time. In fact, this BDSM test is so popular that there are a number of pretty much flat out direct copies of it up on the internet too with similar URLs like kinktest.org and bdsm.tests.com. Um, you know, it seems like everybody loves this test. Well, we don't talk in absolutes here, maybe almost everyone. So sometimes you might run across a few kinky dissenters that do not like it. Some of the biggest criticism is that it is invalidating to people who kink outside the box, so to speak, to asexuals, to non-sexual players, to people who highly customize their kink, because you know, here, kink is customizable. You know, like maybe they're a sub who tops or a little who doms. There's no room for people like that on the test. And when it comes to educators and therapists, a lot of us really don't like the BDSM test. I hate to break it to you. Now, of course, that's those who are familiar with what it is. You know, therapists who aren't very kink knowledgeable or sex educators that deal more with vanilla sex may not have as much grasp on how to be kink critical in a positive way without being shamey or judgmental. So this week, I sat down with two guests to dissect the BDSM test question by question, and also to talk about the bigger implications of this BDSM subculture phenomenon, both the good and the bad. Those two guests are Midori and Joe, the kinky therapist. Now I'll have their full bios in the show notes or the episode description, whatever y'all call it. But let me give you the quick introduction now. 
Joe Zarate Sanderlin is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a private practice in San Francisco, where they specialize in working with gender, sexuality, and relationship diversity. They teach at Golden State University and were recognized as an outstanding adjunct professor in 2022. Joe also provides professional training and consultation regarding talking to clients about sex, uh, gender and psychotherapy, open relationships, BDSM relationships, etc. A very cool tidbit about Joe is their clinical experience includes being supervised by Dossie Easton for two and a half years. Now, if that name sounds familiar, American fuckers, you know Dossie from some of our community's classic books like the New Bottoming and the New Topping books, also the Ethical Slut too. Joe is an assigned male at birth non-binary person who uses they, them pronouns. They came of age in the New York City kink scene in the late 1990s and the early aughts. They also have connections to the Boston and San Francisco kink communities, too. And guest number two, Midori. Midori's been on American Sex so many times that I have lost count. Now, if you're not familiar, Midori is a trailblazing educator, sexologist, and artist. She founded Rope Dojo and Fort Femme Women's Dominance Intensive and penned the first English instruction book on Shibari called The Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage in 2001, paving the way for the popularity of rope. Dan Savage calls Midori the supernova of kink. She's also the author of Wild Side Sex, Master Han's Daughter, and Silk Threads. Midori also has a ton of classes and other things going on pretty much all the time. Plus, she has a kick-ass Patreon, YouTube channel, etc. All those links will be in the show notes. And Midori has got an amazing article up right now on ZipperMagazine.com. So just saying, go check that out too. If you would like to follow along this episode as we go through the test question by question, the website is bdsmtest.org. And if you've taken the test before, but now you have a little new insight after listening to this conversation, start up a conversation with us about it on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, etc. We love to talk about it. And if you are a Patreon of either American Sex Podcast or Midori's, you've got a special bonus. So American Sex is usually recorded as audio only. But for this, we did a Zoom recording because it was easier for us while we were taking the test together. We could screen share and know we're all looking at the same thing. We're all in the same place. And then we were like, hey, wait a minute. This video, it has Patreon bonus written all over it. And also, we make some really good faces to some of these questions, and those should not be missed. Also, this is an extra long episode because there's a lot of ground to cover. And kinky people, we like to talk. Uh, it actually may have set the record for our longest American sex podcast yet. We clocked in at about an hour and a half-ish. Uh, so know that going in, if you want to break it up, listen to it in chunks, or maybe you want to settle in with like a nice beverage and a project and know that you're going to be in it for the long haul. And also, this is a really important point that I want you to keep in your mind when you're listening to our conversation. Nuance, context, and perspective are 
absolutely key to remember when listening to this conversation, particularly to our reactions to some of the questions and the conclusions that we drew from those questions. Long story short, we find lots of red flags in this test, but we all have to remember something just in general. Red flags are dependent on nuance, context, and perspective. A red flag that stands alone may have a perfectly reasonable explanation. It might not actually be a red flag at all, but like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, when they start running in herds, you are in trouble. Now, context, that really matters too. So let's say we're talking about a dating or a play situation, right? Uh, You're with a longtime partner that you have trust with, you uh, have a rapport with, they or you could suggest something that's maybe kind of risky or unusual, but based on context, that might not be a red flag, right? based on your relationship, your history together. But if a new partner that you've only known for a short time, or maybe you haven't even met yet, you're still chatting online, they were to propose to you the same thing, it very well is probably likely sketch as hell. So this BDSM test is often taken by new people, people that don't know a lot about BDSM, about consent, about how things go, etc. And being that this is a lot of people's entry into kink, and the information on it sets the norms in their minds, when it comes to things like, uh, you know, playing without a safe word, for instance, right? That's a very controversial topic in the kink community. And most people, if you ask them about it, they'll say, yeah, you know, 99% of the time playing without a safe word is a really bad idea. Not only is it a really bad idea, oftentimes it is a glaring red flag, especially if it's somebody that you just met that says, oh yeah, you don't need safe words with me. I could, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or or if you were a real slave, you would need safe words or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And if that's the case, fucking run. That is a red, that is a red flag that stands alone. Right. But I said 99% of the time. What about that other one or so percent? Probably a little more, but a small fraction, right? Let's say you've been with your partner in a 24-7 DS relationship for a decade, right? Maybe you're married or they're your nesting partner. You have a very solid relationship with a high degree of emotional trust and safety with each other. And you have slowly over the years through lots of hard work and plenty of mistakes and difficult conversations and kink negotiation and I don't know, maybe even kink knowledgeable therapy sessions together, right? And if you have an agreement at that point with your partner that you know each other so well that you've stopped using safe words or you've given your dominant the ability to call your limits, then okay, fine, cool. And, and I just want to add in here an aside, those relationships where that happens and that's done in a healthy way, there is still a way to end what is happening because consent is not consent unless you have a way to revoke it. But that's some like advanced nuanced stuff, which is why we don't throw it out there as like, hey, this is something you can do. Hey, because yeah, it's real risky 
and it's not common. And there is that nuance there that there are ways to always revoke consent, even if they're non-traditional. Remember, kink is customizable and there are no written in stone, one true way rules that everybody must abide by, you know, in kink, BDSM, etc., except for consent. That is the one rule we all have to abide by. But even the way you go about establishing that consent, maintaining that consent, that's all customizable too. Now, as a best practice, Many people will tell you, you know, I'm doing the finger quotes, rules, using point blank absolutes, like you should never play without a safe word. And if anyone ever asks you, it doesn't matter who it is, that is a big red fucking flag, right? You'll hear a lot of people say that. And for good reason, because again, that, you know, 99 or so percent of the time, this is a tactic that abusers will use to convince new folks that something super sketchy is okay. Because, hey, that's the way everyone does BDSM. This is totally normal. Of course, you're going to give up all your safe words. You have no consent anymore. You have to give me all the passwords to your computer stuff, maybe your banking. That's normal, right? So these very absolute stern rules that are really best practices. They exist to try to keep people safe. So when you hear us in this conversation, reacting to things in this test or questions that that are along these lines, remember, we are looking at this test and evaluating this test from the point of view of a new person taking it, and also the larger implications of what kind of sketch or red flag or abusive behavior that it is normalizing to large groups of people. If you're an experienced kinkster who has given up your safe words or given your dominant full full control over, you know, what you wear every day or whatever it is, but you're in that small percentage, you're the exception to that rule. We're not taking those kinds of situations into account when we're going through this. And I want to specifically call this out and mention it because I don't want you to hear this longtime kinkster who is in that small percentage feeling invalidated when you hear some of our reactions. And to also maintain the perspective for everybody listening and remind the folks that even though we may hear sometimes, you never do, that's bad, oh my God, red flag, that there still is no one true way. But I will say to you this, if you are being asked or you are asking others to do some of these more extreme things that you will hear us react to in this conversation, and you just started playing or the other person just started playing or the people you know, you're, you're involved with, or maybe you haven't even met yet, right? These are expectations that are being laid out on the table as to what a true, you know, whatever your role must do. Then that is a big red flag. And also pointing out, it's not just folks that are new to kink either. I mean, we're human beings and we love to lie to ourselves about our situations, about our relationships. And you know what? Maybe we're in a long time relationship, but it's not 
not the most stable. It's not the most emotionally healthy. Well, then some of the things that we're saying, oh, that's going to be a red flag for new folks. That can be a red flag for some of those longer term established relationships too. Again, it's all about nuance, context, and perspective. So overall, y'all are going to find this super insightful. And if you want to take the test along with us, again, it's at bdsmtest.org. There's also some interesting things in here like who created this test? What is it for? What is the motivation behind it? That gets, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we go down. There's, there's a lot of good stuff. So before we get there, let's wash the balls. Uh, which is housekeeping and like touching base chit chat here on American Sex. Here's the ball washing noise. Um, so the first thing, Roe versus Wade. Like, how can I not talk about this? At the time that I'm recording this right now, it just came down. And I am fucking angry, like for so many complicated, multi-layered reasons. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm mad that it happened. Uh, I'm m- mad at all the, the systemic clues that we all had leading up to this, not just for years, not just for, since 2016, but for fucking decades. And now that people are really freaking out, it, it's too late. We can't easily vote this away. We can't protest this away. Right. We now have to go into like triage crisis mode. We are bleeding out. We are dying. I mean, that's a metaphor, but it's also uh, reality because history and even current data from other countries tells us that banning abortion doesn't stop abortion. Statistics tell us abortions happen at the same rate, whether it is legal or not. But when they're not legal, those are the back alley abortions, which are unsafe and unregulated. People do die. And one of the most frustrating things is this whole thing, when you boil it down to its lowest common denominator, is not about saving baby. No, it is about control. This is part of a much bigger picture that people who are supposedly, you know, quote, on our side, the leftists, the progressives, et cetera, absolutely don't see, you know, despite the fact it's what we've been begging and pleading and shoving in their faces. It's been like watching a slow motion train wreck since 2016, even before, but 2016 is where it really started picking up steam, right? These same people are the ones crying on the internet right now. And, but they didn't say boo, when all of the, you know, like hundreds of anti-trans laws were popping up earlier this year, despite the fact that that's happening for the same issue. This is the same part of the problem, right? It's like different tentacles on the same big octopus. And some of the next tentacles are starting to pop out of the water too. There's the no more contraception tentacle and the no more same-sex marriage tentacle. And there's a hell of a lot more. This is tied into capitalism. It's tied into what keeps our country going. It's tied into white supremacy. It's all of it. Patriarchy, the whole deal. And, And the controlling class keeps us all cheering 
on and enabling our own exploitation because they've made it to where we don't have a choice. And reversing Roe versus Wade is just one cog on a very big wheel. It's just one tentacle on a giant fucking monster. Marginalized communities have been shouting and screaming about this and warning about this for years. Like, hey, something's not right. I smell smoke. I see smoke. <gasps> now I see flames. Now the flames are, are they're creeping into the room that we're in now. Oh my, now the smoke alarms are blaring. Don't you hear them? And they're like, oh, oh, it's not that bad. Are you sure? Maybe you just, you know, saw the candle in, in, in the other room and got confused. Maybe that's a fireplace. It's no big deal. The noise, the beeping, maybe that's the TV or something. No, no. Maybe they're having a party next door. They're making some noise. And it's only when the flames leap up and start burning do they scream like, oh, my God, there's a fire. There's a fire. Oh, get, get some towels. Put them under the door. Ah, we have to do something. We have to do something. Oh, well, what are you talking about putting towels under the door? It is lots too little, way too late. The room we're in right now is engulfed in flames. We might not be able to get out of this. And if we do, we have to do something drastic, like jump out the damn window. I was watching. Um, a TikTok from a creator that I love, and I'll put their link in the show notes, uh, focused on infinity as their handle. And I duetted their video. If you follow me, you'll see it in my timeline. And the title card to their video is called Welcome to America. So they start out saying, you know, like, welcome to the country that you've always lived in. And, you know, it's a place you've always known. And it, you thought you liked it, but it turns out this was the bad place all along. And, you know, now, Welcome to realizing you're not safe. Just like a lot of us realized a long ass time ago, you're not safe. Nothing that they have told us is going to help us is really there to help any of us. It's like everything's been a big lie. And now finally, our people are waking up to like, voting isn't going to help us. Protesting is going to, it's not going to do jack shit. And yeah, people have been telling us all of this for years, but we didn't listen. And we can beg and pray for things to go back to the same way that they were, but they are not going to. And, you know, now is a time of moving forward together. And I'm, I'm just going to let you watch the TikTok because it is way more succinct than I am expressing, rehashing the sentiment. But yeah, it, it, it did it for me, you know, even though it was like, okay, it's no secret, shit's fucked up. And for whatever reason, I found that so comforting. Maybe it was like hearing somebody else say it, but go watch the video, focus on infinity as their handle. They also have some other great videos too about putting protesting in perspective, like, well, if it doesn't help, but why are people doing it? And maybe it's a form of self-care and like good stuff. So go watch. But yeah, I'm still a bit shell-shocked. You know, I'm, I got to talk it out, got to talk it out right now, even though I knew this was coming. But, you know, right now, 
we we have to support like the boots on the grounds effort, the mutual aid funds that are local that can get people to states like California, Nevada, wherever, where they can get their reproductive health care taken care of. Sharing that information of like, I just saw uh, another TikTok. My life is like, I just saw a TikTok. It's just become my whole life, uh, which that's a whole other story. Anyway, about going to get an MRI and they make you get a pregnancy test. And you can refuse it, even though they tell you not to. And it was a medical professional talking about, you know, the pros and cons of like, okay, you know, test yourself and go buy a a test with cash from the drugstore and do your own test. Because if they test you and it turns out you're pregnant and they, I guess they see people who are like, no, I'm not pregnant. And then they, they take the test there and they're pregnant. Uh, But then it's on your medical record. And if you're in, you know, one of the states that's outlawed abortion, a whole can of worms, like there's lots and lots of information. But like local mutual aid efforts can get people resources directly and fast. And specifically funds run by folks in marginalized communities, from marginalized communities, even for marginalized communities, they have often been doing this a really long time and they know how to navigate around the system. We don't have time for new people who have never done this before to get past their learning curve. Like, I know people want to do something like, hey, I'm going to create a foundation, blah, blah, blah. Let's put our power behind people who know how the to do this. Let's band together with those people who have been doing it for years. And those are also the same people who have been telling us like, hey, the train's crashing, the house is on fire, why is nobody listening to me? Uh, those are our allies and our leaders in this movement. So over the coming weeks, I'm going to gather together resources about funds and efforts that you can contribute to. Uh, I'll be sharing those all over social media, etc. So keep an eye out. And also one more I saw a TikTok. Uh, it comforted the fuck out of me. It was Margaret Cho. And she was like, you know, very kind of nurturing vibe. Like, it's okay. Don't be afraid. And just that, I was like, oh. And then she says, be furious. And I was like, fucking yeah. So friends, be furious. We will get through this. I don't know how we'll get through it. We will get through this. Okay. So. Whew, that was a lot. There's, this is the longest episode in, in the history of I don't know how long. Let's shake it off. Let's escape for a little bit. Let's stop talking because this is going to occupy our lives for a long ass time. I'm going to get through the rest of the ball washing very quickly. Uh, next order of business, there. I guess it's a silver lining that this is the longest episode in the history of episodes because it's summertime which means it is time for our summer hiatus like we do every single year. This is our last episode until early September, maybe late August, something like that. I got to figure out the schedule, look at the calendar. But while we're off, you can listen to this episode in chunks. It will probably last you the entire summer. Oh, God. Uh, What will I be doing? I will be working on my book, Customizable Kink, A Strategic Guide to Adult Play. I am so behind, uh, you know, still working, but I'm I'm behind. I also have some awesome merch designs that are really cool. Um, Hopefully, I'll be unveiling them in the next week or two and figuring out like, where are they going to be? Are they going to be on the Patreon? Are they, you know, Teespring? I'm not sure yet. We'll, We'll figure it out. But keep your eyes out for that. Uh, you're gonna love them. You're gonna love them. I'm also feeling like a change in maybe new podcast cover art I might work on over the summer. I am really feeling the need of having something more visually like 
anarchist and subversive than a Hitachi magic wand and American flag colors. Right now, American flag colors make me want to like, so, you know, it's kind of like when you're like, oh, my life is in an upheaval. I'm going to get a dramatic haircut or, you know, get a piercing or a tattoo. I feel like doing that with the cover art. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I will also be spending the summer working on Zipper Magazine, zippermagazine.com. We've got some wonderful surprises in store this summer. So shh, can't tell you about those. If you miss what all of this is about, I am now the editor-in-chief of a new mainstream suitable-for-work magazine devoted to all things kink. Midori is a a contributor, uh, as well as uh, Melina, Pup Amp, a bunch more names that you know and love and released just this week was a three-piece deep dive into the history behind, you know, the does kink belong at pride controversy by Kitty Stryker. And seriously, it is excellent. We always say like, know your history. It's there. It's actually three separate pieces. There's an, an interview with three leather elders that were there when the history was being made, just mwah, a whole article kind of recapping the situation, a leather timeline, like the works, good stuff. And of course, if you're a writer uh, and a kinkster or educator, and you've looked at our content, and you're like, wow, you know, I have something to contribute. Right now, send me an email. We're going to put a pitch form up on the website soon. You know, give me a casual paragraph or two, a pitch, you know, the meat of the article or, or video idea that you have, uh, maybe a link to, you know, two or three prior articles, videos, email it to me, and uh, we'll see what we can make happen. But if this is like way in the future, just go on zippermagazine.com and look for, you know, become a contributor somewhere and click on it and follow the prompts. And I'd also love for you to follow Zipper Magazine on social media. I've got all the handles in the show notes. Now, while we're gone... And while you're visiting those show notes, get the link to our sex and kink positive discord server, which is bit.ly slash discord ASP. And in the show notes is also the link to my free BDSM negotiation mini workbook. So you can get that too. And uh, the last thing is, you know what time it is, right? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a big, huge welcome and a heartfelt appreciation to Andrew, Celtic Archer, William, a different Andrew. So there's two Andrews, RCS and Sarah for becoming recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And if you're like, what's going on with Patreon? Well, you can become a member at patreon.com slash American Sex and you get stuff too, like the video to the conversation you are about to hear. You'll get bonus audio from our guests, extra episodes, uh, all the regular episodes early. I'll send you American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail. You'll also get the brand new Kink is Customizable stickers. You'll get a shout out on the podcast like Andrew and Andrew and all the other folks. Lots and lots of stuff. And the reason that we do this is because Ken and I give the majority of our content away to the world for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast. And because we believe these conversations are important, they are critical, relationship improving, life changing, sometimes even life saving. We believe everyone should have equal access to them. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. Now, again, that address is patreon.com slash American sex. 
whoo, guess what? These balls are clean. We had to really, really wash them because like, you know, we're not going to wash our balls all summer. So I also feel like I'm forgetting something because summer is a long time. It's like when you're packing for a trip and you're like, did I forget anything important? Oh, fuck. Did I forget my underwear, my toothbrush, my favorite lube or my rubber chicken flogger? As you're in the Uber on the way to the airport, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot my kazoo gag or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so if I forgot anything, you know where to find me. Patreon, Discord, social media platforms, etc. And uh, that's it. All right. Let's tackle this BDSM test with Joe, the kinky therapist, and Midori. On the line, actually on the visual, for those American fuckers who are listening on our regular uh, feed, we've got an extra bonus going on right now. Uh, All of us can see each other. We usually don't record via Zoom. We record via audio only. So I I think, though, only only patrons are going to get to see the. So that's a little hook there. Join my Patreon. You'll get stickers and this video. Um, so I have with me Midori and Joe. And why? Uh, Midori and I, I don't know, about a month ago, we were chit-chatting, talking, and somehow the BDSM test came up. And we're like, oh, talk it. Oh, yeah, you know, people like it, but it's got some problems, yada, yada. And as we're talking, we're like, let's pull it up as we're talking about it. And as we pull it up and we're going through question by question by question, we're getting more and more like, I don't know, the Twilight Zone music is getting louder and louder. And we're like, oh, this this is a little bit worse than we thought. You know, we never really realized. So um, we're like, okay, we need to get a therapist with us, with Joe, to really dissect this from all different angles. So hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me, Midori and Joe. How are you? Hi. Hello. Doing okay? Good, 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 good. Uh, I'm really excited about this because, and for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, Joe a.k.a. Joe the Kinky Therapist, has been a regular guest over in my Patreon and, and uh, sharing experience, wisdom, and perspective. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Also, Thank you. kink and neurodivergence, which is like my geeky jam. It's my geeky jam. So y'all American fuckers listening, go over and I have Joe's information in the show notes, also on Midori's Patreon, very frequently recurring guest. So... The BDSM test.org. I hear people talk about it a lot, especially new people to kink. Oh, I took the BDSM test and I'm, you know, 86% switch and 20% rope bunny. I know you're going to make faces at that terminology, Midori. Um, you know, and I'll hear experienced kinksters advise new novices that are just, you know, do the BDSM test, see what you are, yada, yada. And then I'm Googling and I'm finding the BDSM test. There's write-ups in mainstream magazines, your Cosmo, this and that. And it's all like, hey, what do you score on the BDSM test? And I'm Googling some more and I'm finding uh, Reddit's 
with high schoolers are taking the BDSM test as like, this is the introduction to adulthood sexuality and, and kink. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, um, so what have y'all heard about the BDSM test out in the wild? Well, you know, of course, some variation of been around of it has been around for years. Mm -hmm. And I've heard everything from it's the best thing since sliced bread, because I didn't even know about things that existed to it's so reductive. It's, you know, I was thinking about doesn't even define terms. You know, is it something that is actually useful? I know some folks worry about grooming. Um, you know, of course, I've taken it in the past. I see a lot of it on FetLife profiles. Um, I have really mixed feelings. I ran through this test uh, to prepare for this. And believe me, I've got something to say. <laughs> uh, for me, let's see. Um, okay. I'm All right, y'all. I've been playing for a long time, been around a long time. I remember like before when there wasn't a BDSM test. Uh, and it's interesting in the last few years, it's been cropping up. Uh, but in the beginning, I noticed people like taking up like a, you know, a cocktail party, like, you mm -hmm. know, uh, what celebrity do you look like? That kind of thing. Right. And noticing that in the last few years, like last you know, 10 years, I guess, being taken very seriously as a personality descriptor. And there's already an issue around labeling a personality. Uh, and as I'm, you know, currently I'm working with the kink informed certification, uh, working with and training therapists and helping professionals around becoming um, kink uh, affirming and kink friendly, that many of the therapists are really uncomfortable with this. And, uh, you were saying about how experienced kinksters are recommending this, but I'm finding as many, I'm also finding a lot of experienced pervs going, no, 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 no. Uh, and, and among the helping professionals, a lot of hand wringing around, it's great to normalize the conversation, but are there, um, are, is there potential long-term or immediate-term harm that may be coming from this? And who the hell made it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a question. We're going to get to that question because that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, and I agree with everything that you've said. I've, I've heard the same sorts of things. And one thing that's challenging that the general public might not realize about being an educator and uh, – highlighting those raw truths about things that people maybe necessarily don't want to hear. You know, there are a lot of people that love the BDSM test. And when we come out and go, hey, take a step back, wait a minute, here's a bunch of problems, it immediately feels invalidating, you know, to let's say those people who did find this test helpful when they were beginners, and it did tell them about like, oh, I didn't even know what a primal was. And that introduced me and it turned out that's really one of my big kinks that I enjoy. Yay, BDSM test. It's like, we don't want to invalidate those folks. But we mm -hmm. also want to point out the problems and pitfalls. And those problems and pitfalls are also individual, you know, for some folks, the way this test is set up might 
really match their, you know, kinky profile, so to speak, pretty closely. And for other folks, it completely misses the mark. Absolutely. And I usually tell folks that, okay, sure, I can say this test is a bunch of crap, which is really what I believe. But I know Mm -hmm. that's just going to piss people off. It's going to hurt feelings. It's going to invalidate. So you know what? Take it as one of those, you know, when you you see the the horoscopes in the paper, it's like for entertainment purposes only, or on BuzzFeed, the, you know, what kind of cheese are you quizzes. Take it with a grain of salt like that. It's fun. It's for entertainment purposes. And it might actually introduce you to terms where you're like, oh, primal, what's that? I don't know that I'm going to write that down on my list to Google. And so those are the benefits to the BDSM test. But I see people taking it so seriously, like you said, almost like it's the Harry Potter kinky, you know, kinky Harry Potter sorting house. And it's like, if you're 86% dominant, and blah, 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 that's what you are. And that's not really what this is for at all, <laughs> or how people work. If I can jump in, um, just thinking from my therapist hat, Mm-hmm. A few things come up. Um, so I've taken the Myers-Briggs, and mm-hmm. you're probably familiar with the Myers-Briggs, and love, hate, whatever. I've heard it called many, many different things. Um, and I know I'm an INFP, and it matches me pretty well, introverted, intuitive, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But after all the years of being a therapist, I can get any result I want, because I know what the questions are, and I know what they're going for. So I could be the most domly dom, which, by the way, I'm not. Um, I could make this test come up however I want. Mm-hmm. So that's one challenge. Um, I agree it's a good jumping off point. And um, I was chit-chatting with Alessandra, my partner, who Midori knows about it. And one thing that she brought up was, is it descriptive or is it proscriptive? And this is the mm-hmm. issue with horoscope. Mm-hmm. Like horoscopes to me are uncanny. Like, mm-hmm. it's just weird. Like, I'm a Virgo's Virgo out the wazoo, <laughs> but I'm not a true believer. But I also don't run my life on it. Right. I tend to look more, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting because that matches me pretty well. Um, so that's another. It's like, are you ruling your kink life by this test? Or you're going, oh, that's interesting. Like you said, I, I never knew what a primal was. Um, now, the other thing gets a little more nuanced. I'm teaching cross-cultural therapy now today. And, you know, we happen to be celebrating Juneteenth as a holiday, which is awesome. And, um, you know, we've been talking about high context and low context communication. Mm -hmm. So high context, Midori, probably very familiar growing up in in Japan, you know, this idea that there are things that you know, Mm -hmm. that you didn't really like read, you just figured them out over time. And I'm thinking about like, you know, the way you pay for things in Japan, or showing of tattoos or eye contact or things like, um, I'll think about it really means no. Mm. You know, so I'm th- if I'm thinking about high guard or uh, old guard, high leather, mm-hmm. a term like master has a very specific meaning versus what, you know, you and I may think of it as very different. So mm-hmm. my thing is like, as you said, who made this? What is the framing? And of course, the other piece being both you know gullible and paranoid right like they say they're not collecting information there's no irb for this right but um we will notice at the end of the test there's some hey would you like more of this and more of that you know so is there you know 
is there a shady component of inter of information gathering going on? Right. Which is a different kind of grooming. Right. right. You know, so um, if I did sign up for this, which I didn't, would I all of a sudden start getting spam mm-hmm. or X, Y, Z? That well, sort of a thing. Yeah. So Midori brought that up. You bring that up. So let's, let's go there. Um, when Midori and I were first going through the test, that crossed our mind because we're like, okay, it's asking, oh, it says something like, we're going to start a, a BDSM dating website. Would you like to be on our email to learn more? Yada, yada, yada. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, and then I'm like, okay, like who, who is making this test? And, and really the, the primary reason that I had is when, you know, we're, we're people in the kink community and we're vetting our educators to see like, who are they? What is their motivation for teaching, for providing these resources? Is there some sort of ulterior motive, whether that be kind of groomy, whether that be using you for other business purposes, that sort of thing. And so I, you know, go to my trusty friend, Google and, uh, I cannot figure out for the life of me who did this BDSM test. I want to say it started in 20, is it 14? I think it's it's been quite a few years that it's been around. Um, and there, I found a Reddit thread, you know, people asking the same question, like, huh, this is getting a little weird trying to look into who is behind this test. And then I said, you know, Midori and I started getting like conspiracy theory vibes. Like what was it? The, um, and I don't think I'm giving a spoiler. There was a documentary and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll look it up about tickling. Uh, and basically, and I I'm, don't think I'm giving any spoilers. I think this is in the documentary description. It starts out as like, we're exploring the fetish of tickling and tickling videos. And then it turns into what mysterious person is ordering these tickling videos and why what's behind everything, you know? And I'm like, Oh, is this going to turn into like the tickling video? Um, and really what I can tell is it's somebody who either has a web host or is in the Netherlands, but no ties to any organization, any person. It's very hidden, which is weird. Yeah. And also with, uh, okay, I'm not prone to conspiracy theories. However, uh, there have been a lot of weird um, hacking and and unconsensual backdoor entry. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, through things like those, what kind of cheese are you? Which, right. by the way, I'm blue cheese. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and, and stinky and good. Mm, let's see. Uh, I think there's a lot of there have been a lot of um, hacking efforts as well as Trojan horses and uh, dis- that distributed. Eh, Tech people. Anyhow, bad people using seemingly simple, innocuous social clickbait mm-hmm. to essentially take advantage of us either directly or indirectly mm-hmm. or make us a pawn of uh, propaganda. Right. Well, what about, you know, what do you look like today versus what you look like 10 years ago? Right. Grooming the facial right. recognition. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I think about if they're profiting off of this, is there a kind of appropriation? Because clearly, I don't think they made this test up. I think this has, I've seen paper versions of this. Obviously, it doesn't give you the same, oh, you're a rope bunny or whatever. But I've 
I've seen the lists have been around mm-hmm. for a long time. So it started yeah. somewhere. And it makes me think of a tool that I have used called the Gender Unicorn, which is done by trans students' educational resources. And uh, it's a way of exploring gender and sex and orientation. By the way, one of the things I love and that I do like about this test is it goes from you know, zero to dominant, zero to submissive. So the gender unicorn also goes zero to masculine, zero mm-hmm. to feminine. Um, but the reason I use the gender unicorn is that there is another version, which I will not name, that's someone appropriated mm-hmm. and put on the cover mm-hmm. of their book and made money and stepped on the backs of the folks that did that. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's also an interest of mine. You know, again, where did this come from? And is there a profit happening? And is there credit yeah, giving? Yeah. Because uh, we know that credit giving, you know, it's like, you know, as a teacher, I stand on the shoulders of all of my predecessors and I give mm-hmm. them credit. Yeah. But, you know, I have a hard time thinking that this was a, you know, brilliant original idea that someone had during a DMT trip. Or something. Yeah. And as I'm, as I was going through the questions, it's pretty obvious that this is not a uh, well thought out sociology, psychology, or demographic study. And it makes it people who, it doesn't have the necessary review and the rigor of of social studies. Also, it doesn't, uh, it assumes for uh, Western European cultural norm. Um, I do want to give- And gender gender norm. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to legitimate research organizations, y'all. So if you do get something from CARAS, Okay, Mm -hmm. CARAS stands for Community Academic Consortium for Research on Alternative Sexualities, aka connecting actual researchers with actual pervs and people who who enjoy range of self-expression through sexuality. So CARAS, legit. Mm -hmm. Also legit is TASHRA, uh, T-A-S-H-R-A, the Alternative Sexualities Health Research Alliance. Seriously, social scientists and uh, data scientists based, and I'm, uh, they're currently doing a global research and survey on mm-hmm. actual and anonymous actual um, sexual behavior. And right. I think that's going to yield some really good information for those of you listening and watching. Go check it out and help out a legitimate study that is designed for destigmatizing and better understanding how we play. Yes. Yeah. And, and for those uh, who are regular listeners, you'll know that on last week's podcast, I talked about both of those organizations had links in the show notes for last episode, and I'll put them in the show notes for this episode as well. Cause those are mwah, good organizations. And, you know, you brought up appropriating something that was created before. The one thing I find interesting is there are similar tests out there that are almost identical to the BDSM test. And when I look into those, it's very clear who um, owns the website, why they're doing it. Like some of them are, uh, you know, maintained, not really written because it's, you know, copies, but maintained by people who are in the kink community, but also affiliated with other for-profit kink websites. And it's like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Transparency. I get it. All right. All cool. Um, but yeah, the fact that this test has been duplicated over and over and over, and if this were the original or the originator or the writer of the test, I, I would think they'd be like, hey, you get 
take my test off your website, you know, and that clearly hasn't happened. So, and I, it's just a shame because so many people have taken this test that wherever this data bank of research is, even though to your point, Joe, I'm sure people have taken it going, I'm going to make myself be a dominant so I can show all my potential play partners how dominant I am. Um, but still, this is an interesting bank of data that I would love to see, even if it's not the most scientific and, you know, proper. Yeah. I'm curious for the, before we go into the reading question by mm -hmm. question, um, and, and, you know, I, I have my own ideas about this, but uh, why do people want to take this and why do people want to share this? What purpose does this serve? And the purpose in itself is I'm guessing will be positive. The people who are, are of good intentions of want. Um, so why do we take it and why do we share it? You know, something came to mind is the engineer's credo, which you've probably heard. You can have it fast, cheap, or good, pick two. So if I think about this test, you know, the good is relative, right? The cost, to me is emotional labor. Mm -hmm. So is this a shortcut to negotiation? Um, is it uh, you know, a jumping off point for negotiation? So that's why I'm kind of curious, similarly, what are people using this mm -hmm. for? And it might be a great, um, you know, taking a look at the menu, but I don't think I can look at the results and formulate a scene. I don't think that's the intention. Um, the other thing about it is um, Midori introduced me to a term which I have adopted and love so much. I am a sadistic submissive. I am wired, very sub, very service, but I happen to, pat on my back, be a really good dominant and top. But I am not a dom because I've tried this and I'm exhausted after like two days. So just because I like to mind fuck people or do other interesting things, doesn't mean I wanna do that with right. everybody. Just because I like being fisted, doesn't mean I want everyone to right. be that. Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a piece of, if you look at this as a you know, written in stone, oh, you know, Sunny really likes this, so I can just, Oh, even better. I can roll up to Midori and say, Mistress, <laughs> can you? Because we know Midori loves the word mistress. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing. It's like, what is it really being used for? Because I think real negotiation mm -hmm. um, is a vulnerable yeah. act. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an empathic act. And I've done negotiation with Midori and with other folks. And I've learned over 20 odd years, different things about it. So I think all of these are wrapped in what is this? Being yeah, for? yeah. And, and, you know, when yeah. I when I think about why people want to use this and what are the issues, like two of the issues that I have is one that you brought up for me. I'm a dominant. I'm a sadist. However, I like to bottom to certain types of pain play, but I do that in a dominant way. This test does not leave room for that. Um, mm -mm. Also, it it equates kink with sex very heavily. So there's not room for non-sexual kink. There's not room for folks who are asexual and kinky, which there are many in the kink community. Mm -hmm. So that I don't like. And to me, um, 
you know, and a, and a lot of other folks I know in the kink community, even folks who very closely tie their kink with sex, when they have someone approach them leading with sex, oh, kink, sex, 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 BDSM, sex, 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 that's kind of a red flag. Like, hmm, you know, I really like sex with my BDSM, but the fact that you're leading with that, A, do you really know what you're talking about? And B, do you know nothing about kink and you just want to get in my pants, you know? Um, so mm -hmm. those two things really bother me about this test. But mm -hmm. I think the reason why people take it, and I think back because I was a late in life kinkster. And, uh, you know, we are socialized in a society that just when we start really thinking about sex and our sexual selves and our sexual identity, like springs start popping out of our heads. It's stressful. We don't know ourselves. We're like, oh, sex. Uh, and, you know, everything, you know, all our, our, our cognitive ability and logic and reason just like shuts down because we're like, oh, it's sex. Um, so this is an easy answer to figure out like, oh, I have just discovered this whole new world, this whole new potential identity that I have. It's a part of myself that I'm excited about, but I'm also terrified of. And, you know, if we're looking at kink as the very personalized and customizable thing it is in order to customize your kink for you, that takes a lot of work and self-knowledge. If I am just like, you know, step one, terrified, sex, sexual identity, who am I? What does this mean? I want the easy answer. I want, a, a, you know, a kinky Harry Potter sorting house to tell me, oh, you're a rope bottom and you like yada, yada, yada. Um, so I think that's just human nature. You know, it's also why we have yeah. microwaves dinner in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think this is more like cup and noodle. Yeah. Yeah. Because in a microwave, you will have had to have made the food. That's true. That's true. Yeah, um, it is cup of noodles. The, now, so the context, right, uh, Joe, you talked about different people you play with and different desires and, uh, Sunny, you were talking about at the point of starting out that like overwhelm. Uh, it does not account for change over time, not yes. just with the people, but you know. So I'm, I'm thinking back to when I first started playing and what were my appetites and my desires, and if I were, to, I worried that that if this is not put in context, that this is a snapshot for right now at this minute that you're filling out the test. Uh, and whatever it is that's in your head that may be biased, you know, you saw something yesterday, I read something uh, a couple of days ago, um, uh, I jacked off to this last night, and it's going to, you know, direct my thinking and responses. Um, and I'm thinking to, like, over the course of, well, I'm 56, and I've been playing since 18. Holy shit. Okay. So, um, you know, it's been a minute. It would be radically different. And if I were to take that test, or if anyone were to take that test at the beginning of their journey and think that that is how they must be, then when they have curiosities or changes of appetites, change of direction, it's possible that they could come into distress around what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and if I think about like my situation, my gender changed, you know, in the last ten mm -hmm. years, and uh, coming out as non-binary, and yep, 
there went my gender dysphoria. Awesome. But my tastes have also really changed. And I think um, I used to be much more masculine or dom leaning, interestingly enough, when I was trying to be mm. a man and it didn't work very well. And at times I was not very good at it. Um, but that sex piece is also interesting because I came of age in New York where in the public play scene, there isn't mm. sex. And coming to California and having gone to a few of the venues, I'm like, oh, whoa, wait, there's a, there's a bowl of condoms over there. That's a little weird. You know, so for me, initially, kink was really about the interaction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do worry about, well, am I really a rope bunny? Or like, does it, is this a valuable part of identity formation? Now, the other piece is, I imagine some people are going, you three are just overthinking this. This is just <laughs> fun. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, which, you know, for the average person might be fine, but, you know, we are people that have some stake in the game. And as people who influence other people, you know, it's like, I think it's important for us to examine these things and deconstruct them a little bit, because if we don't, exactly. who will? And, and besides, overthinking is like one of my kinks anyway. <laughs> overkinking, yeah. overkinking. I'm an overkinker. And when people are, people are using this as, I mean, I could see myself using this as a fun, right? Much in the way of like horoscope or here's a good one. Okay. So, um, uh, oh, it's mercury retrograde. That's why things aren't working out. Now, do I believe that? No, it's a casual conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a casual conversation. It's a silly, it's a thing that gives levity for me. Mm -hmm. uh, now, okay, for this one, I'll drive my friend who crazy. I, well, when she starts talking about Mercury retrograde, I just ask the question of when we start to colonize space and the perspective of the movement of sun, planet, and Mercury changes, isn't Mercury retrograde? Yes, considering retrograde is a is a construct. Yeah, right. It only makes sense from Earth, mm -hmm. depending on where mm -hmm. the planets are. And yet, we've been struggling for years and years before we had science to explain this. I think at one point it was crystal spheres in the sky. Is that that that's what accounted for the retrograde planet motion? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I know we had all sorts of beliefs at all yeah. different times. And, now, and all sorts of beliefs that, that whatever our kink desire is, and do we get stuck in it? Mm-hmm. So. And don't even bring up the DSM, because I already brought up the DSM, and the fact that so much of this is pathologized. Mm -hmm. And I spend a lot of time explaining to people that there is nothing wrong with paraphilias. Right. Fetishes are right. fine. Right. Um, now, what happens? However, yeah. when it causes you distress... That's when it becomes mm -hmm. a problem. I do wonder. Yeah, I would do wonder too when mental health professionals who are not familiar with with actual lived kink ways, and them turning to using the language of and using it as a uh, therapeutic reference point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Is what thing you're doing really mm -hmm. healthy? Yeah, and, and shout out again to last week's podcast. That's what it was all about. It was like therapists and academics who aren't kink familiar that pathologize and all the resources you can give them to be like, no. I'm working on them. Awesome, I'm working on awesome, them. Awesome, awesome. So am I. We all three are. Hey, can we get, start going yeah, through the questions? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it up right yeah. now. Let's see. It's 
two, one. All right, let me get the test up here. And you're going to be taking the test for us? Yeah, I will. Hold on, let me... Let me find all the screens here. Is it up? Is it up? okay? There we go. We yeah, got it. We got there it. Go. Okay. So yes, I will be just answering the test as like close to what might be realistic for me, just so we get a realistic-ish result and not just a random answer result that might yeah. turn out wonky. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to start with no. I I don't want to register. I want to take the test anonymously. I pinky promise I'm not a robot. Um, and I'm just gonna, you know, for gender, male, female, other, I'll do female, my A. Now, wait a minute. When I took this, was you know what's interesting? That's why I, I went through it today, this morning, and I think they just updated it. It's like they knew they, they had have, a ringing in their ear, like, oh no, Midori, Sunny, and Joe are gonna be talking about this. We better get it into shape. Because there are some things on here where I was like, oh, this is actually a a good addition. And I'm like, I don't remember this. So there's going to be some surprises when we go through this. Um, yeah. Not that I think it yeah. has solved all the problems by any means, but okay. So I'm 41 to 50 years old. I am bisexual, pansexual. My language is English. We'll do the long test for maximum accuracy and we'll do questions for both submissives and dominance. So we get the, um, and, and, and that's, Okay, can you go back? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let me go back. I don't know. But no, it won't. But just talk about it. <laughs> okay. And now there was, it was like question for dominant and submissive. Is that what it says? Mm-hmm. I already have an issue here. Right. Okay. That requires mm-hmm. me to know. Yeah. It requires me to Up know. Front. What, mm-hmm. what It requires me to know what does that word mean. And if I don't know, I'm going to be basing it on um uh whatever it is i've absorbed from society and whatever stereotypes i might be operating with i might be a well informed little perv and uh, a um kinkling in in a metro in san francisco mm-hmm. or i might be just coming into exploration as a 50 year old woman in some suburb with no other outlet and i'm going to uh, it's already making me operate from my assumptions yeah. Now, I also, I appreciate the adding of other. Mm-hmm. However, is gender even relevant? So one question, I didn't pay attention. If you put male, does it say master? No. If you put female, does it, it say doesn't. mistress? So why I'm thinking for collecting other data for the who knows what purpose, like just to get the demographic of yeah. who's taking this for curiosity or more who know like we don't know who they want to who they want to reach exactly and as as far as demographic research i i could see myself at like as a drinking game like with a bunch of people sitting around and filling it out under like different fictional characters (gasps) like if i'm darth vader and i would go through this as darth vader or i would go through as leia or as pippi longstocking or as pikachu (gasps) i love that idea Ooh, that's good. That's good. See, that's great. I love warping it that way. And, um, you know, it also makes me think like, we have our thoughts and feels about Fifty Shades, but Fifty Shades got the kinky section in Walmart Mm -hmm. and it got the conversation happening. Mm -hmm. So even though it's imperfect, you know, what I hope with this is that it gets the conversation. Exactly. That it is like, oh, 
Didn't even and, know that, that sort of thing. And as a pinky promise, when the three of us get together, we should do this as a drinking game. We Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can't really drink that much anymore, but I'll have like coffee or something. We, yeah, drink tea, whatever. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I sent you a bunch yes. of tea, didn't I? Yes, you did. Okay. Yes, yes, right. yes. Okay. All right. So well. I think how we'll do this is like, I'm going to go through the questions and just read them like, boom, 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 and answer them. I'll stay on the page. And then we'll have a discussion about whatever questions popped out to us on this page. Because I know there's a lot of questions to get through. And the way we are, we could be here like until next Tuesday going, okay, we're only on question 15. (laughs) Okay, Okay. So the first is I like to be dominated, especially in the bedroom. I have thoughts about that, but not so much. Uh, I like receiving pain during sex and BDSM and seeing the results of it, marks and bruises, makeup uh, running by tears, etc. Afterwards. Yes, even though I'm a dom. That's a whole nother. Okay, I prefer making sexual decisions for my partner as this gives me more control. (sighs) Maybe not sexual decisions, but other decisions and I don't have a... So I'm just going to kind of say it goes from there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven choices going from like red to like absolutely not to bright green. And so I'm going to be in the mediocre green. Okay. Uh, I don't mind a little playful resistance from my partners. In the end, I'll win anyway. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I like forcing my partner into submission much more than them submitting spontaneously. It depends. It depends. Like, I'm going to just go right in the middle then. Yeah. Uh, I feel physically overpowered. Wait, feeling physically overpowered is one of the most liberating sexual feelings. No. That's complicated. Mm -hmm. See, the other thing. Okay. Wait, I'll wait because I promised that we would do the questions. I don't want to cheat and be like, I get to talk. No. Okay. I'd like to have sex with multiple people at the same Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, multiple people at the same time. That's what I'm saying. Just for people who can't see the questions. Um, so I just want to say the, the uh, what was it like uh, feeling physically overpowered is one of the most liberating sexual feelings. First of all, this is all about sex, which like my BDSM is not all about sex. Uh, secondly, for me, my fantasies are much, much different than what I do in reality. In my fantasies, I am much more submissive inside my own head that I would never actually carry out in real context. So right there, I'm having like, in my head, it's hot. When I'm flicking my bean, it's hot. But if like it really happened, I'd be like, get the fuck off me. You know? <laughs> exactly. No. So that's, uh, you know. And so does that, uh, would that, I could see somebody saying, well, you're not a true whatever, because there's a difference between you in your head life, erotica, and in flesh erotica. Well, I I would tell them to take their true whatever and shove it right up their true wazoo. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) You mean you don't want them to hear them say that I am the ultimate dominate? Oh, God. (laughs) One of my favorites. Yeah. Um, Yeah, If I can chime in, several of them have dependent clauses. Yeah, I'm a grammar nerd. (laughs) Um, Let's see. 
I don't mind a little playful resistance. In the end, I'll win anyway. I mean, do those two things have to be there? You just do. I, I don't mind a little playful resistance. Period. Um, I prefer making sexual decisions. That doesn't necessarily mean that you want to be right. in control. Like uh, I like forcing my partner into submission more than you know. To me, those are almost separate right. questions. I- but it's like the layering is a little weird, and I think it's similar to your fantasy reality thing, like. A lot of people, well, yeah, I like, you know, making sexual decisions. That's because I'm OCD and really picky and the lights have to be on and the condoms have to smell right. And the lube has to be the right lube, but that's not about wanting control. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about advocating for your needs, you know? Yeah. And, and the same with the, uh, you know, I enjoy a little playful resistance. Maybe I enjoy a little playful resistance, but in the end I want to lose like, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, or yeah. win by losing, or exactly. not care because it's just the yeah. the push pull that's fun. Exactly, exactly. And and how do we re- define win? Yeah, because I would want everybody in the scene, me, you, anyone in the scene that we are doing, to feel coming out like we won because we had a great time. Yes. Yeah. Well, and this reminds me of a thing, if I can interject, um, asynchronous experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had an experience when I left New York to come out to California doing a scene with someone who was assigned female at birth, and it involved causing a lot of pain and whatnot to my genitals. And for that person, I believe the experience was I'm literally piercing the patriarchy. You know, I am giving pain. Uh, I want to see it bleed. For me, I'm an endorphin mm-hmm. junkie. So I was just doing it for endorphins. And the person didn't care. Like, I didn't have to buy into her fantasy. And she did not have to uh, buy into my, this is just about getting a hit mm-hmm. of endorphins. So you know, sometimes you can be in a scene and it can be completely consensual. And it's like those board games that had asynchronous teams. It's like different strengths, different weaknesses. So again, this... Yeah. 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 I mean, the test would have to be a thousand questions if it had all the stuff I wanted on. And uh, and a good research question uh, study does. And Sunny, you, under the the one that you put the right in the middle, Uh you put it right in the middle, not because of disinterest or equal interest, but saying, well, Depends on how I'm feeling and what the context is and who's offering it. Right. I put it in the middle because it was yeah. a neutral sucky and no question. opinion are not the yeah. same thing. Like ah yeah. Yeah. But all the all the above, neutral, well, depends, and I don't know, don't care. Yeah. Could yeah. all be there. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go on to the next okay. page. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy it when people watch me being naked or having sex. Not well, not no, maybe sometimes. Okay. Ideally, I could command my partner and they'd obey like a puppet, no matter what I tell them to do. Well, that's no fun. Like, I don't want to drone. I mean, sometimes, but you know, most, uh, I'm going to go slightly no. I'm going to go slightly orange. Uh, I don't like making sexual decisions. I prefer my partner to make them for me. Sexual decisions? I fucking hate making sexual decisions. B. 
BDSM decisions. Oh, yes, I like. So what do we mean here? Uh, if uh, if we uh, greenish, I don't know, I could go either way. I love making my partners do really disgusting things purely for my own pleasure. I love making my partners do really disgusting things. But if it's purely for my own pleasure, that means it would be non consensual for them. So like, even if they hate it, they ultimately have to want it and get pleasure out of it later. So how would I answer this? I'm just gonna say yes, but I feel dirty about it. Uh <laughs> I'm willing to try anything once, even if I don't think I'll like it. Anything, most anything. I'll go go green-ish. Fis- chicken flogger. Oh, yes, chicken flogger. <laughs> yes, chicken flogger. Uh, physically restricting my partner during sex and BDSM with clothes, attributes, rope, chains, etc. is arousing. I mean, not sexually arousing. It's brain tingly arousing. It's other things arousing, but I don't get sexually aroused by that. So, except they don't use the word sexual in this sentence. I but I just by my my context clues are telling me that's what they mean. They mean that. Even though if I were to say arousing, I would mean it in like in the broadest sense. But I know they mean like, hey, do your nipples get hard? I like sending nude or sexual pictures of videos to myself to other. Not really. No, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, I'll go slightly orange, slightly left of center. All right. So our impressions of this page. Okay. So how do you restrict someone with attributes? I'm like, you know, I'm thinking D and D like dexterity and charisma are going to make the person. Yeah. Like what? Diplomacy. The Diplomacy. <laughs> no. I thought okay. I was like, is this just a word? I don't know. Like, uh let's see and was it a typo yeah, yeah. let's see what, oh uh, no i can restrict people with my giant knockers those are my yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i got you know okay so you see that's you know you could do some breath play like that right yeah. or you know uh let's see as to the question of i don't like making sexual decisions i prefer my partner to make them for me what if I could see this coming from me in a queenly dominant perspective of like, I'm going to lay back and you're going to do me and you best know what I like. Yes. And because that's love. <laughs> and that's also mind fuckery. And you better guess right. Yeah. Cause I like to be the lazy Dom. I also like to be the lazy lay like, but I also like exactly what I want, but I don't want to make the effort to decide. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I call it the queen of the starfish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of music in my head and now I have lay, lay, lay. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Next page. Sh- sh- okay. Uh, all right. I like to be. Midori, you're doing a great job. Yes, thank you. Um, I like to be totally helpless and at my partner's disposal, physically unable to resist what they do. Nope. In my head, maybe. Uh, Receiving care, being spoiled, etc. are some of the main things I am looking for in a relationship. Now we're getting into relationships. We're suddenly we're getting married. We barely went out to dinner and now we're committed to each other for life. What's happening? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to take relationship in the casualest sense of the words. And yeah, fucking spoil me. Starfish. Okay. I have a thing for large age differences in sexual encounters or relationships. We'll talk about this one. Uh, 
No, not really. No, no, I'm going to go more. No. Okay. Uh, when it comes to sexual acts, my partner's discomfort is pretty much irrelevant if it gives me more pleasure. No, again, I want you to be uncomfortable because you want to be uncomfortable, which is actually pleasure. Uh, okay. I enjoy playing or acting like a pet or animal. Can I? Be? Yeah. A little, little, maybe a little, maybe no. a little bit, maybe a little bit. Uh, Giving care, spoiling my partner, et cetera, is one of the main things I'm looking for in a relation. I mean, care, yeah. Spoiling and care. Toot. Ah, ah, middle. I'm doing the middle. <laughs> Being treated with little or no respect during sex or BDSM arouses me. Uh, no, but in certain content, I'm going to do a light red here. <laughs> I don't know. This is, ah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Thoughts? So many. So that last one is interesting because it's relative. And this brings me back to someone I knew in New York where uh, uh, a woman negotiating with a male dom, don't humiliate me. Okay, great. Fine. Thank you. Or degrade me. Uh, you know, a few weeks or months into the relationship, uh, they check in and she says, well, you know, I would love it if you called me a slut or a whore. And the Dom was like, well, wait a minute. You said don't degrade you or humiliate you. And she said, no, those are like words of affirmation for me. If you called me a worthless slut or a dirty whore, you know, so what was, um, you know, humiliating or degrading to the Domly Dom dude was like, you know, this is what she wanted. So, like, like, how do you even judge that? Like, I mean, there are probably things that people do are completely degrading and disrespectful, but they love it. But if you did it to someone else, they'd be like, I'm calling mm -hmm. the police. Yeah. And, and then there's the uh, when, what context, and with whom. Mm -hmm. uh, with, I could see that with somebody special but somebody casual me to hook up maybe not mm -hmm. and i the second one when we suddenly took a random left turn into relationship that yeah uh and when i'm when i'm doing my my so you want ds course the big thing is relationship or theme mm -hmm. yeah and those are two very different things. I may want something completely different in a scene kind of relationship with somebody, if you want to use it in that context, versus a dynamic that is ongoing. So, so I'm going to keep track how many times they mentioned the word relationship. I don't think it was okay. in the previous ones. This, I think but it's I the think first time it came up. So that's three. I think I have I have seen them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. okay, we got we got yeah. that. And uh, yeah. What else was it? Um, uh, and that question again, and it's partner question, giving and receiving care. Mm -hmm. I can see people making assumption or even the designer of the study making assumption of which that leans towards in terms of control giving or control receiving, dominance or submission. But uh, I could see receiving, uh, receiving care and being spoiled. 
somebody could like it from a submission perspective. Mm-hmm. Receiving care and being spoiled, somebody could like it from a dominant perspective. Right, right. It reminds mm-hmm. me of yeah, uh, Melina sure. uses an analogy where if you see a couple at a restaurant and one person in the couple is cutting up the meat and feeding it to the other person, you may assume oh, the person cutting up the meat and doing all the work is the, you know, submissive feeding the dominant. But in the other way around, it could be somebody who's submissive caring, or did I already say that? You know what I mean? It could be the other way around, Uh, just depending on context. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we do next page? Yeah. Okay. Who needs a distraction, some escape, some self-indulgence, some pleasure? You know, the kind that not only makes your legs feel loosey-goosey spaghetti afterward, but also the kind that floods your brain with all the feel-good stuff. Well, I know I do. You too? The last thing I want to do when I'm trying to relax, de-stress, and escape is to have to make a bunch of decisions. You too again, huh? Well, luckily with Like a Kitten, I don't have to, and either do you. They make buying sex essentials a breeze. Like a Kitten offers subscription gift boxes, so each season, you'll receive a new shipment right to your door with all of the ingredients to spice up your sex life. Their spring box will tickle all of your senses with treats like strawberry nipple arousal cream, cheeky apple lube, and melting rose petals for the bath. The people at Like a Kitten are expert curators, and they select beautiful pleasure products. In their current seasonal box, you'll get a pink glass dildo, flowered glass kegel balls, and a mini flower pot with seeds for daisies, sunflowers, and roses. Now, I love Like a Kitten because they inspire me to play in new ways, and I don't have to think. The spring subscription box is only $79, which is a great deal because the products in the box retail for well over $150. They also make great birthday and bachelorette gifts, too. Now, something really cool about Like a Kitten is that a portion of all sales goes to charities to empower women and support their education and health. To celebrate spring, Like a Kitten is offering American Sex Podcast listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash sunny or enter the code sunny at checkout. That's S-U-N-N-Y. Just go to likeakitten.com slash sunny or use the code sunny to get 15% off these incredible boxes. Again, that's likeakitten.com slash sunny and the link is in our episode description. To what extent do you agree with each statement? There is no reason why sex would have to happen in private spaces. Isolated from the outside world. There is no re like I'm just going to do the middle because that question just confuses me. I often put up a fight in bed, but that doesn't mean I want to win that fight at all. There's the answer to the other question we had, but is this consent? I, I don't and, even and know with, what's happening. With this one, they use the word off. Oh, I'm going to shut up. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to put middle because again, <laughs> yeah. my brain is exploding. Uh, <laughs> I find the romantic aspect in a relationship much more important than the sexual or kinky aspects. See, sexual and kinky. I was like, maybe. And then I was like, oh, but you put kinky. Like, 
middle again, because my mind is exploding. I currently have a master or mistress in my life. No. Uh, I would like to serve in a formal setting with explicit slave training, prescribed physical positions and rituals. Oh, hell no. My ultimate goal in life is to please my partners. And there's hardly anything I wouldn't do to reach that goal. I mean, shouldn't that be all of our goals, even if we're, t- but I know they don't mean it that way. I'm just going to say yes, but they're going to think I'm submissive and I'm confused. Uh, I have need to constantly try new things. A a sexual routine would never make me happy. No, uh, again, I'm just going to put middle because there's so, okay, let's talk about this. I'm losing my mind here. Uh (laughs) What's with the all or nothing? What's with the never, no, or always? And yet there's one that says often, which is different than there's no reason. Yeah. Ultimate ultimate goal in life. Uh, ultimate goal in life in the, these all these questions just make me feel like queasy. <laughs> like I'm like I don't understand any of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, <sighs> and you know, I want to name the word slave, mm. which is triggering for yep. many people. And I know it's also something that's acceptable within a binary or small relationship, but, you know, that in and of itself might turn some folks off. So it's like how we use the language. You know, I I think about this in my therapy classes. I tell my students, use clinical Mm -hmm. terms. But I had a client who referred to her vagina as her cunt. And I felt okay using the word cunt. But I said, I used the C word in my class. And I said, if you don't feel comfortable using the C word, don't use the C word but have a conversation because you don't want to shame the person. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to, I'm correcting you by using the biological Mm -hmm. term, but yeah. So, you know, just that one popped out at me like, Oh yeah, I know it's commonly used, but is that a term that's going to be problematic? Yeah. yeah, I I wouldn't. And that, okay. So let's say it's not problematic, but it means something different to me than it does to you. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, this this whole uh, should I go to the next? Yep. Yep. It's get we're we're getting into deep waters here. I'm like, oh okay. Assuming I was single. How do you know I'm not single? <laughs> okay. okay, assuming I was single, I would like to join an existing couples or poly groups relationship for sexual and or emotional purposes. I feel like I'm being groomed right now. Uh <laughs> No, being physically restricted during sex or BDSM with clothes, attributes again, uh, rope, chains, etc. is arousing. Uh, no, it is not unless it's in my head. Uh, I enjoy feeling like a prey hunted by a predator. Mm, soft red. I don't have any sort of specific fetish or non-standard sexual turn on. That is not true. 
being part of sl- being part of a group of slaves that serves one master slash mistress sounds like a life that would really suit me. Oh hell no! I would like to be completely tied up during sex BDSM. Nope. Uh, well, soft little soft red, but it hurts. It, but that's a whole nother story. Anyway, I enjoy being kept as a pet in a cage, eating out of a bowl, being petted, caressed, etc. Everything is a no except for being petted and caressed. So. I'm still going to give it a hard no. Hard red. Okay. Uh, Thoughts. (laughs) For those... Who are these people that don't have For those only listening along, Midori is now into the stage of, like, goofy face making. Like, yeah, I just... I I was clamping my lips shut so I wouldn't um, blurt out things before it was time to. So thoughts. Um. About first one, uh, about joining a joining pre existing relationships, po- uh, poly group or couple. Do I have to be single? Right? That's why I was like, I feel like I'm being groomed right now. This is like mm-hmm. the groomer's red flag question like, hey, are you single? Would you like to join a loving poly family that will take care of you? Just give us the access to your bank account and we'll give you your own phone. Like I'm like, ah, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And then there's the prey predator question. So that that works right in yeah. there. Really mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, it reminds me of those like dating ads where it's very, very clear that the ad was written by usually mm-hmm. the dude because he describes his his woman the way a woman would not potentially describe herself. But and then there's the uh, n- non-standard sexual turn-on, sexual turn-on that is considered socially uh, common is contextual by culture and time in history. I mean, the mm-hmm. Romans thought that a large penis was grotesque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And undesirable. And yet they wore them as necklaces mm-hmm. to ward off mm-hmm. evil spirits. Mm-hmm. I mean, even here in the United right. States, depending on, you know, the social group you were raised in, a blowjob could be super kinky and unthinkable. And for other people, it's like, oh, that's even, I don't even count that as sex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sex <laughs> right. with the lights on. Right. Kinky. Exactly. That's with the lights off. Right. Kinky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Any. Well, and if you think about the definition of a fetish, I mean, the literal definition of a fetish is being sexually aroused by a non-genital body part or a non-living object with a specific exception for dildos and vibrators because they're supposed to turn you on. Yeah. You know, so if you like legs, you like hair, you like butts, you like necks, you're, you've got Mm -hmm, a fetish. mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, this was not your page, Sonny, no. I have to say. This, really. <laughs> and and uh, being part of a group of slaves that serves one master mistress sounds like a life that would really suit me. Now we're, again, essentially into relationship arena. Yeah. And the whole to life, and sounds like life yeah. commitment. Versus would really. Yeah. You know, so the, they're, they're definite in some places and vague in other places. I also wonder, I'm making a presumption, but I don't remember if the questions are always in the same sequence. I think they are. Yeah. And they're not really in any sort of class. No. Like you don't put all the dominant questions together. I think it's supposed to randomize yeah. it similar to like the Myers Briggs, yeah. but I'm gonna... it's like randomly yeah. not random. Should I go to the next page? Yep. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, I would love seeing the fear in my partner's eyes when they know I'm going to inflict pain on. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, I like being sexually degraded and humiliated for my partners sometimes. See, like uh, that's, but no. I mean, the answer is no. But it's a better question. I I'll gladly leave everything behind, including moving across the globe if I have to for the BDSM life of my dreams. We'll circle back on that one. Close lips. Uh, I enjoy. Enjoy playing a different age than what I technically am. Eh, maybe a little. I would like to be nothing but a permanent 24-7 sex slave, i.e. never having any human interaction outside of sex and BDSM again. <gasps> no, and we'll come back to that. I would like to be nothing but a 24-7. Wait, is that the same? Wait, I would like to be nothing but a 24-7 sex slave. I.E. Oh, it yep. just doesn't say permanent. I.E. Not having any human interaction outside of still no, but at least it's not permanent. Uh, treating my partner with little or no respect during sex or BDSM arouses me. I can contextual, but I will kind of put it somewhere in the green, assuming it's consensual. All right. Un unzip okay. your lips. I think we heard that last one <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and they need an editor when it comes do. down to they, it. Yeah, yeah. At a basic level, they need an editor. Now, early on in the previous page, there was a question that I found odd about, I prefer a big age difference mm -hmm. in, yeah. in one's partner. Yeah. And that was, I put a yellow pin in that. Uh, all right, so... There's just so I love technically am. Yeah. I technically am 52. There's just so much here. Like this this page makes me feel like I'm going to I hope my safe call calls soon so like I can I get out of this FBI. situation. <laughs> call the police well, and I, I don't even know. like police. <laughs> the third question also has that groomy feel to it. Like I will pick up and go to Guatemala and be a sex slave for the rest of my life. And so. the way that it's written, it, it makes it sound like that's common because it shows up among, I like to be tied up. Yeah. yeah. Or a good idea. Yeah. Right. That. Yeah. This is, it's getting weirder. Uh, shall I move on? Okay. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. I like being forced into submission much more than submitting spontaneously. That's a, big nope i would like it when my partner is completely tied up during sex or bdsm yeah yeah yes but like i'm just i'm always i'm automatically always deducting points because these questions are weird so <laughs> i have plenty of sexual fantasies that i would like to try out more than most of my kinky peers i don't know middle i don't know i find it adorable when my partner acts or dresses childlike or when they engage in childlike activities such as coloring in a coloring book or playing on a playground again cont i'm gonna go like light green because context i would be sexually submissive now and be sexually dominant another time either to the same or another partner 
Um, I'm going to go soft and no, and I'm accounting this for my This question fantasies. was not there before. Yeah, there's a few that aren't. Th- I went through this morning. Just wait. I'm willing to pay for porn if it really suits my sexual interest. Well, of course, pay for your porn, everybody. I'm pay t- the artist. Exactly. I'm totally cool with my partners having sex with other people. Sure. Okay, thoughts? Okay, so uh, I'm willing to pay for porn if. That means you usually don't pay for artist work and labor. Right. Yeah. And that's a norm and it's okay. Yeah, and if you're paying Pornhub or X videos or whatever, is it getting to the artist? Right, yeah. Or should you be using primary sources? Now, granted, a lot of that is trying to get you to the Mm -hmm. primary source. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like a loss leader in some way for the for the talent. Yeah, but. yeah I think the, the majority of these questions are a little bit more along the lines of what I, you know, think would be on one of these tests. Again, though, it's like when I read these questions because of the context of all the other questions, even questions that seem a little bit more straightforward. Like I like it when my partner is completely tied up during sex or BDSM. That's pretty straightforward. But it's like. In my mind, I'm like, completely, that's an absolute. Ah! Like, I, my mind yeah. is tearing these questions apart even more than maybe I need to in some instances. And, okay, so. Well, and, you know, the sexually submissive one, yeah. uh, the third from the bottom, is interesting because, again, I could be sexually submissive now and sexually dominant another time. Are we talking about sex right. or kinks? Yeah, right. And back to the because some people may be kinky dominant, but right. never. Is this a first question or right. a yeah. switch question? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, in terms of control and action and kink dominant, while uh, yeah, totally. And now back to that, I would like it when my partner is completely tied up during sex BDSM. Again, connecting the sex and BDSM, but note the word tied up. Instead uh, of in bond restrained, yeah, right, and as as you know, some of my pleasures uh, involve bondage of various different forms. The assumption is tying here. Yeah, yeah. But what about a leather sleep sack? Mm-hmm. Some saran wrap. Yeah, interesting. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna flip to the next page. Yeah. Uh, and and there was that I'm cool with. What does that mean? I accept. I tolerate. I celebrate. I'm aroused by. Yeah, like I won't divorce them, but I I'll think be what mad. it means is they were using the same things yeah. over and over again, so they needed to come up with some new words. <laughs> oh, here's so in an ideal again. relationship, my partner would see me as a mere object to them. I only exist when they're horny or when they need me to service them in some other way. Nope, making my partner suffer for my pleasure is one of the best things in my life. Again, like kind of a soft yes, but I don't like the wording. Living in, with a group of slaves owned by me and serving me would be my ultimate life goal. No, but I could use people cleaning the house as soft as. Okay. <laughs> There's no, I need kitty litter slaves. Change the kitty litter. Okay. I, I, it's no big deal when things I try to turn out. Wait, it's no big deal when things I try turn out bad for me. It's part of the risk and it's a necessary part of discovering what works and what doesn't. Yes, it's the one question I kind of feel okay about. I'm currently in a long term relationship. Yes, I have plenty of sexual fantasies, which would at the very least be unethical to execute. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I would provide my partners with explicit slave training, i.e. train them in prescribed physical positions and rituals. Not really my jam. Okay. Thoughts? 
I love the it's no big deal question because it's basically like, do you have a growth mindset yes, or a fixed mindset? More questions like this. Yeah. And then that is also a one of the newer questions. Yeah. That was not there before. I don't think it was. Did they know? Right? I did, did not say a word. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Shall I? It's so fascinating to be in this like, transformative period of the test as we're deconstructing right. the test. And, and slave training again with the again with the word slave and then early on there's like the we suddenly have turned from from uh scenes to relationship. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna move to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh in questionnaires like these, this I think is new too. In questionnaires like these I tend to go for the extreme answers rather than the middle answers. I saw oh, this one. Oh, yeah, this was there. This was right. there, so was there three weeks ago. Okay, yeah. so I'm doing. I'm just going to do a middle answer. Or two weeks to, ago, yeah. To fuck with them. Okay, I enjoy keeping my partner as a pet, providing them with a cage, feeding them out of a bowl, petting them, caressing them, etc. Soft green. If I could not fulfill all of my partner's sexual desires, I would encourage them to see other people to fill the gap. Sure. Uh, if my partner, my partner having multiple partners, while well, I'm monogamous except for threesomes with my partner involved. <laughs> Sounds like a perfectly acceptable situation. Someone is grooming me right now. Someone is, gr- I'm just going to go middle because my springs are popping out of my head. I often behave in animalistic ways during sex. I don't know, middle. Uh, in an ideal relationship, I should have no hard limits. My life should belong to my partner and they should decide what is good for me. Call the police. <laughs> Oh my god. And I'll go a long way to make my appearance match my partner's desires. Oh god, no. Grooming, 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 creepy, creepy, creepy. I just I can't with this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this one is this this whole one is particularly creepy. Except for threesomes with my partner involved. Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel like somebody's trying to convince me of something and, and they're hiding red flags, like under the bed, I, they're shoving them in the closet. I, you know, <laughs> once in a while, I'll get questions like during my Patreon office hours. No, actually, not during my Patreon office hours because smart people there. But like in, in public AMAs, right, um, I will get the how do I get my wife to have a threesome? Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure both of you get that in different yeah different context i'm like right don't. how do yeah. i get my wife to have anal she keeps saying it hurts it's like oh my god stop <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can't i can't i'm gonna i'm gonna move on because this page is just making me have i don't know what uh if part of my sexual desires are not fulfilled with my partner I would want to see other people wait i would want to see other people to fill the gaps like yeah sure but i still feel weird i enjoy feeling like a predator hunting its prey sometimes cool whatever i like when my partner takes on a nurturing and guiding almost parental role in the relationship i mean relationship yeah Mm. (sighs) middle i enjoy watching other people being naked or having sex sure uh, I like my partners to submit to me 24-7. I'm willing to take all the responsibility that comes with it. Uh, uh, I just, I'm going to do middle on that one because I hate the question. I like my partners to be completely in charge in the bedroom, ordering me around. 
again, like middle. If I could make some money from selling porn clips of myself, I definitely would come move in with me. Give me your phone and your bank account. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Why did we like suddenly leap from? I mean, there was a sudden leap into professional decision making. This is like financial and for OnlyFans, uh, only, right? Yeah, like. And the thing is, even if this wasn't written for weird groomy, like in my mind, whoever wrote this was like a gr- a groomer and wanted to have something to kind of back up what they were saying. But even if it's not the case, and I'm just inventing that fantasy or not fantasy, horrible scenario. Uh, <laughs> um. There are real groomers that can use this test to say, oh, well, look, look at the score. Oh, look at that question. See, people do that. Uh, that terrifies me. Yep. See, now I want to know the algorithm, like, because obviously you don't see the groomy bits in the in the results. Right. You see the wonderful right. label. Why can't someone score? What do they think are Why groomy? can't somebody score right. like 86% groomer? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay the right? fuck away. Yeah. Or like, you know, 86% um, potential vulnerable mark. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. like um, you need to take a vetting class. That's what your result is. Like, yeah. yeah. There uh, used to be this horrible website called Insects. And they produced hardcore porn. But what actually they did was they actually groomed people and then they did um, treat many of their emotionally and physically vulnerable models in cages as pets and said that it was consensual while causing a ton of harm. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's a reason the company doesn't exist anymore. However, We won't God. go. God, yeah. It, th- this is where the test really starts to to mm, like. I'm worried for people. Uh, okay, so being in fear of what my partner is going to do to me physically is arousing. Maybe consensual, but like, ah, uh, well, I mean, no for me, regardless. But I feel the need to serve my partner and treat them with the highest respect, addressing them as superior. Nope. Talking back to one's dominant in a teasingly disobedient way should be part of the sub's fun. Eh, Sometimes. Uh, When it comes to sexual acts, my own discomfort is pretty much irrelevant if it allows me to give my partner more pleasure. Uh, I don't need physical pleasure from sex. If my partner is enjoying it, that's all I need. It won't. It won't even let me. An- okay, there. Uh, I enjoy vulnerable. Yeah, I enjoy verbally degrading my partner or calling them humiliating names during sex or BDSM. Sure. Sometimes watching people have sex is more fun than participating. Sure. Sometimes, like sometimes, lots of things are more fun than other things. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, how do we feel? That second question would go over real well in high protocol. Yeah. Uh- uh again context there are things that within negotiated uh scenes okay mm-hmm. uh this 
starts to feel like an excuse to do a lot of unethical things and say, oh, but this is what BDSM is. Yes. Yeah. That first question, that being in fear of what my partner is going to do to me physically is arousing, again, terrifies me because the consent isn't there. Because like for me as a late in life kinkster, I can look back on my life and not to say that any abuse or anything that happened to me was ever my fault. But I can now see looking back how there was a part of me that kind of liked that, but didn't know I could seek it out in safe ways in kink play and actually was attracted to real life dangerous situations and dangerous people. And I didn't see it at the time. And a question like that just reinforces that. And that just terrifies me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to move on because I'm, I'm feeling all kind of ways. Mm-hmm. All right. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're round the bend. We're at the end. I rhymed. Okay. <laughs> I enjoy it when my partner plays or acts like a pet or animal, you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, I like to be completely in charge in the bedroom and order my partners around. I mean, again, whatever. I The idea of being tortured sexually is appealing. Having to do really disgusting things for my partner's pleasure sounds pretty arousing. No, I would be willing to leave everything I have behind to live the BDSM life of my dreams. We've seen this three times. Right, right. I like inflicting pain during sex and BDSM and seeing the results of it marks, bruises, da-da-da afterwards. Sure. I could not always be dominant or always submissive. I need both. We're kind of repeating ourselves. Uh, again, the switch yeah. question. So again, yeah. more just badly worded questions, groomy things. It's like same. And a lot of lot of emphasis on humiliation, but I'm not hearing. At, okay, some as somebody who likes to play with intense sensations, mm-hmm. I'm not hearing questions around. I, I I see the thing around torture and uh, uh, the the results, the marks, etc. But I'm not seeing, I like study versus stingy. Right. Like basic question. Yes. Right? Yeah. That may be the nature of the quiz, though, Midori, mm-hmm. because what they're looking for is an identity. Rope bunny. You know, it's not a this is what I would like type of a quiz, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, because the results are not like, hey, find me a stingy top. It's like, find yeah. me a top. Or, or, that, uh, or that I... I tend to seek physically demanding sensations versus I don't like physically demanding sensations. Yeah. Yeah, That could be that too. Um, But I find the focus on, on humiliation and degradation keeps appearing. Yeah, it does. And and, and, uh, pet and animal, but there's some other sections that are distinctly missing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of questions around, um, classic fetishism, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. object non-reproductive parts. Worship, yeah. things of that not, sort. Not yeah. seeing that. I mean, what's missing is also mm-hmm. making me curious. Oh, and by the way, I, just as the grammar nerd in me, like, what the fuck is that comma doing after sexually? <laughs> it's like, if you put a pause in there, it just sounds yeah. really weird. I mean, not, not to you know, embrace standard yeah. English too much. It was just yeah. weird. Yeah. All right. So next questions. I like to dominate my partners, especially in the bedroom. I like to sexually degrade and or humiliate my partner. Sometimes we have a 
qualifier there. I will naturally take on a nurturing and guiding, almost parental role in a relationship. Relationship. Uh, again, not in a relationship, but maybe in a in a dynamic, sure. So I'm going to do a soft green because their wording sucks. The idea of torturing someone sexually is appealing only if it's consensual. I'm just going to assume it is. Lots of, lots of mention of the word torture. Exactly. Damn comma. Oh. <laughs> the idea of torturing someone sexually is appealing. <laughs> no. If my partner would really enjoy using me, wait, if my partner would really enjoy using me as a urinal, I'd happily let them. No. Oddly yeah. specific. Oddly specific. And then so as to my earlier point about stingy versus study, why is this so specific? But yeah. Oh, I spoke, so okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I like to submit to my partner 24-7 and see serving them as my life's purpose. I want my partner to serve me and address me as superior. Again, same like we like I am looking into the psyche of who wrote this and they're like a um, uh, misogynistic, groomy, cis man who is collecting submissives and probably, uh, you know, having them do uh, sex work or online porn and just like keeping them in his house locked in cages. <laughs> like this is so what you, I'm seeing. So you, you read or watch Fifty Shades of Grey. You look at porn available on the internet, which is out of context, so it doesn't show the negotiation and the aftercare, and then you do this test, no wonder you're a right. fucked up dumb. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, next one. I think this is the last last page. I enjoy, I enjoy dressing or behaving like a child or engaging in childlike appropriate activities, such as coloring in a book or going to a playground. I kind of do, even though I'm a dumb. It's fun. I, Disneyland. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. Uh, I enjoy being verbally degraded or being called humiliating names during sex or BDSM. Here it is again. No. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to meet more like-minded, kinky people, and I'm willing to put effort into that. Like, okay. And then it opens up if I say Ooh. yes. It's like, oh, give us your email. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, if a new awesome kink or BDSM project was launched, I would like to be kept up to date. If I hit anything green, again, it pops up like, give us your email. I'm not going to. I'm going to next. And then this, I think, is new. Have you seen? I saw this Okay, so, but this I don't think was here a few weeks ago. Um, it's an optional step. It says, help us improve the quiz. This step is optional. Feel free to skip it. Indicate uh, for each archetype how well it suits you, and that's a seven-point scale. But uh, they now is a language I've not seen here before. Yes, this is new. And uh, it's the seven-point scale plus one that's, like, grayed out, which means, I guess, like, not applicable or something. So masochists. And it tells you masochists enjoy receiving certain types of pain from their partners, usually in a sexual, usually in a sexual context. We're getting better. Masochism is independent of pain intolerance. It is purely about the ability to enjoy or get aroused by certain levels of pain. We're getting better. Uh, So I'm going to be a light masochist because I like that, even though I'm a dom. Master mistress. 
receive complete control over their life and their slaves and all responsibilities that come with it. They go a step further than dominance in the sense that their power exchange is present 24 seven and in all aspects of their life, except for negotiated exceptions, such as during their office jobs. Their primary focus is to create a stable and safe environment for their slaves and to allow optimal servitude. This is this phrasing. I love how you dropped into the parathetical there. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, okay. Yeah. Maybe for some people, but we're a little groomy. Uh, so I'm going to just kind of say yes, because kind of, but that, okay. Rigor. Riggers like to tie up and restrain their partners using rope and or ap- attributes like, attributes, chains, cuffs, spreader bars, etc. tits, you know, uh, whether for sexual enhancement, art, or just for fun, they enjoy having their partners completely at their mercy. Uh, it's actually not really my jam, but okay. Expert- uh, and, uh, and rigor is, is a word that's commonly used in the rope subculture only recently. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I find this interesting yeah because it's and it's used in a porn context right and theater context yeah yeah and Um, and iron workers i I was with an iron worker and this word attributes i'm like what What yeah yeah like very strange objects accessories tools um they list masochists but they don't list sadists oh that's interesting you're right i think they're random okay like they're trying to improve their their interesting So, okay, experimentalists want to have tried it all. An open mind and an insatiable curiosity are the key features, and they will rarely form an opinion before they've gathered firsthand experience. They often have plenty of fantasies and will actively pursue to try them out. Okay, and then slave, completely hand over the control and responsibilities over their life to their master or mistress. They go a step further than submissives in the sense that their power exchange is present 24-7 in all aspects of their life, except for negotiated office jobs. It's like the same thing as master mistress. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. like oh, there's, there's so many problems to the, the slave and master mistress yeah. paragraph. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many problems to each of these. I don't like, I mean, we're getting better by like looking at archetypes, but then it's like, it's like when the the high five is happening and you're like, oh, cool. And then the hands miss and you're like, fuck, you were so close to getting it better, but it didn't. And this is actually, is this the drum roll point? This is actually not archetypal. Yeah. These are commonly used terms are different than archetypal roles Um, or what. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, don't get me into the Jungian Mm -hmm. psychology hat that I wear. All right. Oh, yes. I, I understand what they Drum mean. Drum roll. Okay. So I am, I'm not going to read the whole thing. What I'll do is I'm actually going to take a screenshot. Okay. So I'm like at the top, dominant, degrader, sadist, rigor, which I don't know how because I don't like meh. owner, daddy, mommy, brat, tamer, master, mistress, primal. Towards the bottom is like slave and de- I'm only 3% slave, 3% degrady. Uh, 37% vanilla apparently, and I'm still 46% submissive. Uh, I'm only 49% a masochist, which, okay, that's fine. But I'm, am I a sadist? I'm only 84% a sadist. That's not right. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. Well, and you know what I'm looking at is, so... You have dominant top slave at the bottom. Degrader and degrade happen yeah. to match. You know, sadist, rope bunny, no, but rigor is close. Brat, 
Um, where's Brat Tamer? Oh, so Brat Tamer is a little daddy okay. mommy. Age player. So I guess age player means the young part of the daddy mommy. Oh, no, boy. What happens if you click okay. on the more info? I didn't do that. Oh, hold on. Wait, where do you see more? Uh, next to the okay, so percentage name. <gasps> oh, where you click on more info. Oh, 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 and it gives you like dominance, like to be in charge. Some like to have their partner obey them without questioning. Others like some resistance whilst taking it their way. Some are dominant only in the bedroom. See, this is like giving a bet. Sometimes it, sometimes this is, sometimes it's not. Sometimes like this, sometimes like that. At least they're trying here. I mean, this might be useful, right? As- it, we would have to like go through and edit all of the descriptions, I think. Oh, I don't know if you saw there's an ID, which is probably a unique identifier oh, that you can go yeah. back to. Yeah. So let me click on, let's click on one more that's going to be interesting. We do Degrady. Or- so do, out of curiosity, do Age Player. Because okay. I'm kind of age curious how they... Says- Age players like to play with age as part of their kink. They typically take on a much younger or older age than they than they actually are or prefer playing with a partner that does so. Attributes and behavior changes such as pacifiers, coloring books, speaking and in more childlike language, etc. are commonly paired with this to enrich the context and make it more appropriate for the played age. Sexuality is not necessarily involved. That's the first time I've heard that ever. Um, there is no link at all with pedophilia, which is simply not on the BDSM spectrum age players typically pair up with other age players the tone of this is so different yeah. than everything else mm-hmm. it was written by a different person at a different time had to be interesting yeah so this like if i could get people to this page without having to actually take the test this might be helpful is like, here's a quick rundown of different types of roles and, and types of play that, you know, more for you to research. Here's a quick like Wikipedia S definition, go research. But then again, we have 8,000 BDSM glossaries on the internet. Why do we need this? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So let me see, like other than rigor, so I mean, you would identify in the dominant spectrum, degraders probably in there, sadist, some yeah. stores in there, owner. I would probably put things, let me, let me un, un more info these. I would probably like dominant, yes, degrader, sadist, yeah, rigor, no, owner, yeah, daddy, mommy, yeah, brat tamer, yeah. I would probably put non-monogamist a lot higher. Um, so how is this not like a horoscope? I mean, okay, it is so like, like there's a lot of horoscope out there that we we end up uh, consciously or not consciously pick and choose the things that that reflect us. Yeah, you know what I am. You know what I am. Right. I am a my sun sign is in sadist. I have a dominant rising sign with a brat moon. That's yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I have I have judgy auntie in the right sun. Uh and let's see, uh psycho clown in the moon. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes me think of my friend and I want to do um uh New York based tarot readings. Like, oh my god. 
You got the 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 eight of spades. <laughs> yeah, fucked. <laughs> or eight of swords. Oh, or whatever. God, yeah, that is so funny. Yeah, I don't even know how I would like. What would I like? Like, I don't even know if I could do a horoscope. But but again, also descriptive versus prescriptive. Right. Like, oh wait, it says I'm a dominant. Does that mean I have to learn how to yeah, be a dominant? Yeah. Like you say. You, Oh, uh, um, uh, Sunny, I think you need to go to Majority's class on because oh, you're behind. Come on. I'm so embarrassed now. I'll, yeah, I'll just hand you a palette wrap. Okay, cool. That I'm I'm all for. I'm a utilitarian. The palette, the palette wrap on the spinny handle. Oh, yes. You see, that's me. God, Midori, that sounds like flirting. That's me. I restrain for utility purposes. I restrain because I'm going to do something fucked up to you, and I don't want you to move. I don't restrain you because it's fun to restrain. Like, no. So I get it done. (laughs) That's why it's like, you know, in hotel parties when they have, like, the the presidential suite that you use as the big playroom, and then you palette wrap someone to one of the, the columns. yeah. And then you take the little whatever they're standing on out and they're just floating on the wall. And they're beautiful. So closing thoughts on the BDSM test or or advice for people listening, going, hey, I was all about the BDSM test until I listened to y'all talk. And now I don't know what to think. What should I do moving forward? What should be my attitude about this BDSM test? What should I tell new people who say, I took the BDSM test and it said I'm blah, blah, blah. What would you tell those folks? Caveat emptor. Let the buyer (laughs) beware. I would say... This tool is something that may be interesting in introducing you to different concepts. I would recommend finding curated resources if you don't understand something or if something is a bit different. And in the end, it's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. I, I would say that this was made by somebody uh, who's not a researcher and it's biased to... Um, it reflects more, the the questions reflect more the wants of the person who wrote it. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, and take a look at what's not in there. And again, you know, maybe treat it like a horoscope where it makes for an icebreaker conversation. And then this is merely a snapshot. And talk to... Talk to people about how their desires have changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't use this just nego- as a negotiation tool. You oh, need yeah. more than yeah. that. And people do, right? Use it as a negotiation tool. Yeah. And, and again, shout out in the show notes, I have a link to my free negotiation mini workbook that has a hell of a lot more detail than this. And I agree with both of you. I would say the same thing. I would say also, this is a test in as you're going through this test and you're taking what is valuable and using that, however, whether it's like, oh, it introduced me to new roles that I'm going to look up. Cool. Um, But also look at it as like, almost like a where's Waldo, how many red flags can you spot and why? But you know, like, (laughs) yeah. Um, As a way to, to uh, be able to identify creeper alert, questions mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i like that um i tallied uh, we didn't start from the beginning i tallied uh nine mentions of the word relationship oh. 
And I think we were all in agreement on, yeah, I would do some of these in a scene where it has a beginning, a middle and an end, but I, yeah. you know, I don't want to do this long-term. Um, the other thing, I mean, we remarked on some of the language is so fucking absolute and the rest of it, which is like purposefully mm-hmm. vague. So I'm like, all right. So I would, I would want to go back through it. It's like, what's absolute and what's vague. And, you know, I, I have a sense that the absolute is playing into what Midori is talking about this. Like this person has a, a particular background or an agenda or some, you know, some groomy esque kind of mm. thing happening. And remember that this is one or one or more person's view that is not universally accepted. I mean, we all know that there is no lexicon mm-hmm. of kink. Yeah. That everyone and also on. kink is customizable, y'all, even though that's backwards. Like yeah. for those listening can't see it, but join my Patreon. I'll send you kink is customizable stickers. Well, and then, you know, what's a pervert? Pervert is someone who's kinkier than you are. That's that's one definition I heard, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you both because this has been every time I go through this test, it's more and more enlightening. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know how I feel right now. I feel all sorts of different ways going through this test. Uh, but thank you. I think this is a lot of help to people who maybe need working examples of here's how to spot, like, mm, that's a little hinky. And this is oh, why. Also, as a, as a practice of how and when to ask for clarification and context. Yes. Like, okay, so, you know, let's say that a question like this were asked in a genuine, sincere, well-meaning negotiation. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to say, well, do you mean relationship? I mean, do you mean, like, just this weekend, just tonight? Is it, you know, are we we talking about, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, thank you both. I will have, for those listening along, all of your, both of your, um, links and all the places before we go is there anything like oh i got a thing happening i just gotta tell you about anything anything well i've got live office hours for my patreon every other week so you can show up ask anything we just smart thoughtful kind people and a really um accepting welcoming space so if you have further thoughts or questions or just bafflement drop on by it's patreon.com forward slash planet midori awesome and i will attest that they are amazing it's such a great like there's a group of core people and then people drop in and out um for me i just learned about a project which is not fully fleshed out yet but Um, what it seems like it's going to be is around acceptance and basically AMA for non-monogamous folks. So, um, I'm potentially being brought in as a, you know, non-binary identifying person, but also someone who's been, you know, non-monogamous for a long time. So I can't say much, but I think it's going to be cool. And it's going to be happening in the next okay. month or two. Okay. Well, so. we'll make sure folks follow you on social media so they get like all the the skinny when it happens. And thank you both. I appreciate this so much. I appreciate you so much. And uh, until next time, because I want there to be a next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for listening to American Sex. What's that? You want more? Well, you can start by streaming our TV show on Showtime, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Then. 
pop on over to SunnyMegatron.com. Everything's there. You can get updates on my new book, check out my sex ed and BDSM workshops, learn how to book me for your organization or for coaching. You know, we also want to hang out with you too, right? So come join our Discord community or follow along on TikTok or Instagram, Twitter, all the social media. I'm Sunny Megatron everywhere. And you can catch Ken on Twitter or tune in to his weekly D&D games on Twitch. If you want to support the show, a great way to do that is simply to tell people about it. Make a TikTok or tweet about your favorite part of this episode. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review too. And if you're a ride or die American fucker, you're going to want to join our Patreon community. We'll send you official American fucker stickers and you'll get a lot more too at patreon.com slash American sex. Now, just in case you happen to be one of the few that still has disposable income in this late stage capitalist hellscape, well, when you're shopping for a new sex toy, BDSM gear, Kink Academy membership, or other things, please patronize our sponsors and affiliates. You'll get a discount and it helps us too. Win-win. All those links and codes are in our show notes. Thanks, American fuckers. We appreciate the heck out of you. See you next time.